Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, everyone? Welcome in to your game day edition of the OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel and our crossover with Brad Ward and All Eyes on Cleveland. I don't need to keep reminding you about this. We do it every week. It's two years now. Brad and I do our weekly tradition. We get together. You know what we're here to do. Brad, what's up? What's happening? How is your uh, Christmas planning festivities amongst? Listen, if you're not in Ohio, I know it's negative 10 right now here for me, Brad, as we record this midday Friday. What's it looking like your way? Uh, it is negative six according to my computer right now so i think it's a little colder than that outside yeah we're going to talk about the weather for actual kickoff tomorrow just in a little bit but man it is brutal temperatures around here i know our obr publisher editor owner extraordinaire barry mcbride dealing with some blackouts at his house talking about some potential uh, rolling blackouts in columbus just a fantastic idea you'll love those so hopefully i can avoid those here in in the heart of columbus but listen we have to talk about the big news of the day Brad, as we welcome you guys in, it is Friday, like I said, about 1.30 as we record this and came through the pipeline a bit unexpected. Ironically, our own Jack Duffin had wrote his article on Extender Expire on Jack Conklin just, I think it dropped today. And, and today they announced uh, that right tackle Jack Conklin gets a new deal. It came from Adam Schefter. Four years, $60 million is the extension, $31 million fully guaranteed per his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. So you're locking in Jack Conklin for two more years. So through 24 and um, 23 and 24, Brad, his year, his, his contract was set to expire. They've kind of put him on a one year extension after the injury uh, season last year. And, and it seems like there's a future here. What I would say is my reaction. And then I'll throw it to you yeah. is the deals now all aligned for two years of all in on the offensive line. Now center, we'll see. They might, there might be something there with postage. They might feel like Nick Harris is ready to come back. But if you look at all the deals left or right, you talk about Jedrick Wills is on a rookie deal through 25. They'll pick up his fifth-year option. I think it's a no-brainer, even though I know some of you are unhappy, me included, with his yeah. inconsistency. He's here through 25 on his rookie deal. You look at the contracts for both guards, Batonio and Teller, and they have outs, potential outs, uh, after the 24 season. Now, they could restructure both of those guys and figure out ways to keep it moving forward, but there are outs. And, it, and it, obviously, Conklin's deal here is a two-year deal, essentially at the core of it. 31 million over those two years, and then they have a decision to make. So there's a ton of decisions to make after the 24 season, but it's clear that the Browns wanted to say, hey, we want to have the nucleus of our offensive line locked in for 23 and 24, as we all know, are all in years, full Deshaun Watson seasons, everybody here, Nick Chubb's on a contract, everybody, Denzel, Miles. These two years are like, this deal to me really points to me, Brad, two years of all-in football. Then we'll analyze everything. We got a bunch of outs and different contracts. We'll figure it out. But this locks in that 23 and 24 offensive line core intact. We are ready to roll. We'll add auxiliary pieces. The cap is going to explode here a little bit. We all know that yesterday, big news, YouTube TV gets a deal struck through Google to host Sunday ticket. The money is just flowing in. $7 billion bid for the commander's is the initial report like the NFL franchises are running wild. The cap is going to increase, mm-hmm. but the core here, Brad, 
Browns wanted to keep the O-line intact, but it does carry some risk. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it does. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, actually. Like I thought they were going to go with Hudson, really, probably moving forward over there. That's uh, kind of the feeling I got. This surprises me a little bit. I mean, Conklin, I don't think, has been overwhelmingly good. I don't think he's been bad. Um, and you would know better than me on that. Uh, really, but- I'll pass the buck to Kyle Murphy. If you guys follow along with the OBR's Chalk Talk, he was just saying yesterday, Brad, that he thinks Conklin's been playing really well. Now, I know Pro Football Focus That's has been up and down on him. But he was like, and it's ironic because he said it just on Tuesday night. Like, hey, I think Conklin's playing really good football. And I was like, well, that's interesting because there's some conflicting thoughts on this. Yeah. And then a deal gets struck. So maybe Kyle's on to something and they think his patella is going to keep getting healthier and the dislocated elbow he's coming back from. And But there is, you know, there's injury risk still here. He came off an ACL before he signed with Cleveland. Healthy yeah. year, then two big injuries. And do you think he's going to be good to go the rest of this, you know, this year and two more big seasons coming? No, that's definitely risky, and I, I like your points about all-in. You know, and, and my only concern there is, like, basically what you addressed already with the cap kind of exploding is, like, eh, could this money have been better spelt, spent someplace else uh, with the existing roster and the guys that you have in place maybe on a cheaper rookie deal with Hudson, who yeah. looked like he was kind of getting groomed for that role. Um, but it does feel like, hey, we like what we have let's keep this all in place. And uh, my only fear is that that takes away from spending someplace else where I think they could need more that's help. That's the point. Yeah. That's the great point, Brad. Is did, the, We won't know that because they won't publicly come out we and won't. say, we were trying to sign trade for Tyler Lockett, but we couldn't afford it because we signed Jack Conklin. They won't do that. But I think that's the thing we have to look at when the offseason gets here and they are up against it, right? Because there's going to be some decisions to be made about restructuring some of the baseline salaries to get the money right. And it's like, okay, if this stops you from getting a more explosive slot or another receiver you need, or maybe you got to think here again, the money is not right now. Like things are moved and like there's years involved here. And like, even if you signed, like, I think this is something people miss, Brad. Even if you signed Jedrick Wills today, say hypothetical extension, it wouldn't kick in until two years from now. So like, you know, what it would do, what this could do is impact the next two years. I don't think it stops you from giving someone like Donovan Peoples-Jones a long-term contract no. or whatever else, but what it can do is have some ramifications on if you want to add a defensive tackle like a De'Ron Payne. Does it stop them from going after a big name there? That's what we'll have to just see. We'll probably have to read between the lines and say, hey, if De'Ron Payne's contract stuff starts leaking and it's like the Browns couldn't go here, there, or the other, that's what we'll have to pay attention to. Right now, it's all conjecture. Yeah. The thing that you do fear, there's two things you fear with this more than anything else. Injury doesn't allow the contract to maximize itself. He gets hurt in some serious way and he can't play, right? That's a risk for everybody. That's a risk when you sign Denzel. Deshaun Watson gets 230 guaranteed. He's had two ACL tears before. Yeah. You know, so there's risk there for everybody. But, you know, the thing that's bigger here is does it stop you from going and improving someplace you need to? Because I think it's obvious to me, at least, Brad, I'm not speaking for everybody. You can justify the deal because looking around at the offensive tackle market, the class is going to be tighter. You don't have a first round pick like it's just not. I think Browns fans, I love you guys, but there's a little bit of. uh, I guess a misconception about the quality of offensive line play around the league. And we get sort of hand, hand, hemmed into our own, like yeah. we, this guy's not good. Hey man, this guy would start for 28 other teams. I'm telling you like yeah. the, the, this, this, we get kind of in our own goggles, very much a blinder situation where we don't see how offensive line 
play is scarce around the league, especially putting together four or five good offensive linemen. So, you know, you can say, well, the O-line hasn't been very good the second half of this year. Well, I think some of that's scheme-based, and I think there's some other change stuff that's going to happen here. But this group will continue to be pretty good. I really believe that. They're in a transition phase right now where they're changing some things, and certainly that I think is played into it. And, and you know, Froholt, who is performed admirably, admirably at center, but you know he's a guard playing center, right? So I think you know some of that has played a big impact on the offensive line's performance. My question once again would be, you know, and you're like you, you like you said, you know, two years. If they really are going to go all in for two years or whatever the amount of time that it is, right, like as far as this window's open, then they're probably going to go ahead and, and, you know, once again, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but, you know, restructure the Watson deal or restructure the sure. other deals. And then there's a ton of money, really. If they really yeah. want to go in all in for any penny, Jake, they can make the money work for these guys. They can. The, they can. The question is how far do they want to go into that debt? That, that's, a, that's a great point. How far do you want to go into credit card debt, right? Putting those yep. off void years, things like that. We'll see. Uh, certainly, we have our own OBR cap expert, Jack Duffin, who will get on at some point to talk about this uh, in, in a bit more uh, depth here. But I think for now, the, the two issues sit there. We'll see if they become issues down the line. But for now, I feel as far as Conklin compared to right tackles around the league, I think he's fine. What they have to work with, maybe they're looking at free agency and say, we cannot go into free agency trying to sign a right tackle when we clearly have to hem in and focus on a D tackle, right? A big name, somebody there, you know, somebody like, um, you know, uh, Broncos defensive tackle, former Ohio state. I can't, his name's slipping my mind. He'll be a free agent. Um, Anyway, I, I, you guys listen to this podcast because I'm supposed to be an expert. But hey, anyway, you know, like the day really like, of the world, yeah. you know, those guys are, are those are the names like they need to be going after a big time improvement there or a wide receiver. And, you know, you can't necessarily do that if you're if you're dealing with trying to, hey, we also we also have to sign a right tackle because drafting a right tackle is never that's never a guarantee, you know? No. Absolutely. Yeah. So Draymond Jones, there we go. So I got there finally. Yeah. It took me a minute, but um, but the, the, just among many others that are out there, defense tackle is an interesting free agent market. But anyway, that's the Conklin stuff. We'll see if anything comes out about his specific detail uh, of the contract. I'll try to get Jack on to talk about that. Um, and I know you probably will too, Brad, on your show, just to have a bit more of an idea of, of some of the stipulations, what the out numbers look like, things like that. That stuff doesn't tend to get passed along for a while, but this is now, is this two or three years straight where we've seen an offensive lineman re-signed, extended in season? I can't think. I mean, did they do it feels Teller, like three. then Batonio last year, and then this year Conklin? Something like that. Could be a fourth next year with Wills if he continues yeah. to move in the right direction. We'll see. Clear the Browns want to protect Deshaun Watson and want to have a way to run the football really well for this. This is an all-in, but this is what we've been building toward. 23-24, all in. They're all Absolutely. in. They're all in, and they're willing to now do whatever it takes. They don't want to have to deal with right tackle. I agree with that approach. But again, it does carry risk. We talk about the risk of this whole thing. We're not here to just blindly praise them. It is important to understand that this is a, it's not a surefire workout situation. We'll see if it is. Let's shift over to the game, Brad. We have um, – the, the, I mean, this is there's so much here, right? Like it's there's a time. It's going to be so cold. We'll start with the weather, like the current weather. I think you made a good point before we started. It's bad. It's it's heinous. But we thought it might be worse. I read early in the week wind gusts of like 60, 70 60, miles per yeah. hour, and now it's kind of tempered back a little bit. What's the latest you have on the weather uh, heading into one o'clock kick tomorrow? 
so I think, you know, playing weatherman here a little bit, I think what happened is I think we got the worst of it a little bit earlier than expected to start. Yeah. So, like, I think it hit last night instead of more of, like, tomorrow. And so I think, you know, like, most of our warnings up here in Northeast Ohio expire, like, 10 a.m. tomorrow to give you an idea, like, the bad weather warnings that you get. Either way, AccuWeather at First Energy Stadium has uh, one, one o'clock kick time tomorrow at 11 degrees, wind chill of... You know, minus 20, minus 19. Um, winds steady at 30 miles per hour southwest with gusts up to 47. So you're not getting the 60 anymore. Now 47 is so it's still brutal. wild, Brad. It's still wild. <laughs> and then you get uh, a 33% chance of precipitation or what would be snow in this weather. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as we thought or initially, but it's still really bad. I mean, it's still really cold, right? So. Re- really cold, man. And the, and the wind gusts will matter. Now, stadium walls and how it passes into the stadium will yeah. mean some stuff. And you and I will talk about that a little bit later when we go through our keys to the game. But, you know, uh, this, this is going to impact everything. I mean, we haven't seen a wind game like this since that Deshaun 2020 Texans game, which did impact both passing games. But that wasn't cold. That was just windy, rainy. This yep. is unbelievably cold on top of it and it's like whoo it's rough so it's a one o'clock kick important to remind you guys this is an nfc opponent so it could have been on fox but this is a cbs kick and it's one o'clock who's on who's on the call on this one i think it's a crew we're accustomed to right yes it is we we've had them quite a number of times this year it's spiro dds jay philly and aditi kinkawala uh on the field so like we've been successful with those on the call maybe i'm wrong Maybe I, it feels like it. You know, I feel like these we have these guys every week. I do. Yeah, it feels like it. I don't. It does know. feel like it. It does feel like it. Listen, we're going to take our first break. Come back. We're going to do a little bit of a broad, very broad. Brad and I will paint a picture of what we think the Saints bring to Cleveland. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so if we're looking at some of the depth chart stuff here, Brad, we're looking at some of the injury report. Big big names that won't be making the trip. Cesar Ruiz is out. is a big part of their interior offensive line, so he is out. I think he might have gone on IR. I know Jarvis Landry went on IR, um, and it's it's kind of unfortunate or not unfortunate. There's two ways to look at it, right? It was it would have been yeah. cool to see him in Cleveland again, as a lot of guys have sung his praises about his their experience here with him. Uh, but I'm sure Jarvis does not mind not making this trek up to Cleveland in this terrible weather. Uh, that's that much is for certain. Um, but but again, he's out. And then the big one to me for a team five and nine now still technically alive in a, in a terrible NFC South, which yeah. right now, if you look at the NFC South standings, it's Tampa at six and eight leading the division. Then you have all three others, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, all five and nine. So they are still very much alive. But yeah. the big names out, Chris Olave. Dwayne Washington, Pete Werner. So, I mean, Alave's huge. He's so talented, having a stellar rookie season. Uh, and I'm sure Alave, you know, he's a Buckeye. He's been in this weather before. But, again, these guys who are missing this game, I'm sure, are not losing an ounce of sleep over it. No. Um, but but we'll see. Um, you know, guys who are questionable at this moment, 
Uh, as far as I know right now, this could change in the moments leading up to the end of today and into tomorrow, obviously. Marshawn Lattimore has been limited this week with an abdomen. He's questionable. Uh, Andres Pete, their offensive tackle, is, uh, did not practice recently. He's questionable with an illness. Adam Troutman, Dayton's finest hmm. tight end. He's limited, questionable with an ankle. P.J. Williams, uh, questionable with a knee. Marcus May, limited with a shoulder. Uh, we'll see. I have not seen anything one way or the other on that. But I think Alave being out is huge, Brad, because he's a tough cover, man, and he could have been somebody that really scared you in this one. Yeah, I mean, he's had a tremendous rookie year. He's so smooth and mm-hmm. uh, has adapted to the NFL quickly. Uh, so that's a uh, – them missing him is a big deal. I mean, normally a bigger deal if this was in a dome or something, but uh, still a big deal. Yeah, they, they've been playing Alante Taylor, who's a rookie, second-round rookie for them in, in Marshawn Lattimore's place. So um, that's one to monitor. And then as far as stepping in at wide receiver – They've had some guys they've just kind of strung along some some like Marquez Callaway, who was a preseason yeah. dynamo a few years ago. Traquan Smith who was a third round pick in 18. And then this Rashid Shahid speedster has been a nice a nice player for them. Um, so those are probably going to be your focal point tight end or wide receivers. Your tight ends, Juwan Johnson, who's been a nice sort of wing slot tight end for them, converted receiver. He's going to be out there. Taysom Hill, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, also a tight end by listing, but we'll be doing a myriad of different things. Um, for them at that offensive position. And then looking around their offensive line, Eric McCoy, Andres P., James Hurst, Calvin Throckmorton, and then Ryan Ramchek uh, as their uh, right tackle. So it's a pretty decent offensive line. Not great. We'll see if Pete ends up playing, but um, they're moving a lot of pieces around. Andy Dalton starts a quarterback. We all know that. We've seen Andy Dalton too many times. <laughs> Hopefully it's a bad Andy Dalton performance. We saw former AFC North quarterback Joe Flacco put on the performance of his life in week two. So let's hope that Andy Dalton doesn't come back and have an old school Andy Dalton Cincinnati game up in Cleveland. That would be great if we could avoid that. Uh, Alvin Kamara is obviously back at running back. So, you know, David Johnson backs him up as far as stats go, Brad, for the year. Dalton is um, 211 of 316, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 2,403 yards. Kamara has run for 641. Taysom Hill and some various different packages has run for 449. Mark Ingram is out for the year, but he was at 233. They don't really have anybody consistently getting yards behind him. Um, I'm sure David Johnson might get some touches in this one. Receiving yards, Alave, who I hope gets to finish the year because he was at 940 yeah. um, for the year. 63 catches, 940, but that lacking his presence will be big. Alvin Kamara, 53, 446. We'll talk about that as a key to this game. Juwan Johnson has uh, a team leading seven touchdowns, 35 catches, 416. Shahid. 15 catches, 334, and then you can do the math. 15 catches and putting up 334 is a large 22.3 yards per catch average. Jarvis is out, but Traquan Smith is the next guy at 18 catches, 272, and a touchdown. Troutman has not done very much. You know Michael Thomas has been out for them too. So it's an interesting offense. Brad, who stands out to you from this group that they have to really hone in on? Listen, you know, I what what's his name? Shaheen? Rashid Rashid Shahid. It's a very unique name. Shahid. And uh, this dude can fly. He's a burner. Rockets. He is a burner. He is dangerous. I'm sure they'll try to get him the ball uh, in some space and see what he can do with what has been a poor tackling defense at times of the Browns, especially in the cold. Guys aren't going to want to tackle. Uh, so they may try to do that. And then, you know, at least I would, if I were them. And then I would think that you're going to see a heavy dose and we'll talk more about it later, but I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Taysom Hill here. 
you know, it's interesting about Dalton. Dalton has been real hit or miss for them this year. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had some really, really good games. He's actually put a couple in a row here together, good ones. But he's also been terrible at times, too. So you've had really good Dalton and bad Dalton uh, in some of these games. And they've had a lot of close games this year, so. They have. I mean, collectively for the year, I mean, you're looking at pro football reference, you're probably, you know, it's not always the best indicator for where everything is for them as, as an offense. Um, they they rank 22nd in points for 17th in yards. Uh, turnovers, they've had too many turnovers, 22 turnovers, which is 30th um, in the NFL, only 24th in first downs. Their passing game, they throw it, a, they don't throw it a ton, 22, uh, 22nd league in passing attempts, yards. They're 12th in pass yards, 8th in touchdowns, but 26th with those 12 interceptions. So they've thrown their share of interceptions. The run game is very mediocre across the board. 21st in attempts, 21st in yards, 26th in rushing touchdowns, and 18th in yards per attempt. So, um, you know, we can we can obviously deduce that that's not been a huge part of who they are. Uh, looking at EPA stuff for them offensively, I think, uh, you know, that can give you a really good feel for total offense EPA. Uh, the Saints sit at 20th in total offense EPA. Their pass EPA, which, again, down to down, how effective they are in that phase. The Saints ranked um, relatively decent, 13th in their pass EPA, which is kind of what we're saying here. And then if you look at their rush EPA, that's where their team that's not very good and what sort of jives with the Browns, uh, the rush EPA, they sit 28th, Brad. So, Again, it's it's easy to see how this is beneficial for Cleveland in terms of yeah. taking away what they do best. But at the same time, to your point, got to stop the gimmicky stuff too because they're going to do some stuff with Taysom Hill and, and get after that a little bit. Defense, let's switch over there. So this defense, uh, big picture stuff, I think we should probably look at that the same way we're looking at it offensively. Um, so if we go ahead and switch over to defense and look at some of the EPA metrics that go along with this, the the general stuff, they have the 18th ranked points for defense, 11th in yards allowed. It's still a good group, right? Like they still, in my opinion, um, yeah. do a nice job. Still a lot of talent there, but um, uh, 29th and go ahead. Go ahead. They do have a lot of talent. Like, you know, they, you would think they would be better with the talent they have. I think they thought this defense was going to be a lot better than it's been similar to Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think coming into the year, adding Tyron Matthew and, you know, Paulson Adebo and, uh, you know, all these guys that they have, Marcus Davenport, they they have some players, Cameron Jordan, right? I think they thought they were going to be Bradley Roby. Uh, I think they thought they were going to be better than they have been. And they've struggled against the run. I'm sure you're going to get to that number here in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, I will say this before I give it back to you here there is a guy I wrote up in in my defensive tackle free agency article that you should watch on Saturday uh at the game David Anyamata is a defensive tackle for the Saints who is a free agent um he's uh good very good I like him a lot um he is a guy that they could get maybe on a short-term deal to fill a role but he will be a free agent and kind of might be right up the Browns alley actually I think Good call. Keep your eyes on him. What number does, uh, let me see if I can find what number 93. he does. 93. 93. Pay attention to that one. Uh, best pro football focus defensive grades for them. Carl Granderson uh, is a Wyoming product uh, defensive end, so he'll be used to the weather. He's got their highest collective grade. As far as guys playing a lot of snaps, their two linebackers, Caden Ellis and Demario Davis, have relatively high total collective grades. Tyron Matthews had a higher grade for them, still doing things at a high level. Marcus Davenport, Marcus May, 
also um, with higher grades, Cameron Jordan. Those are all your top 10, including Peyton Turner at the bottom. You're looking at Paulson Adebo. The corner has struggled. Bradley Roby has struggled. Uh, guys who play a lot of snaps. Chris Harris, very much on the older side of things, has struggled a little bit too. Contavious Street, their interior D lineman. And then Marcus Lattimore has been out, but he has not played very well either. Uh, kind of rounds out the bottom. Demario Davis has six and a half sacks. Caden Ellis has five and a half. Cameron Jordan, five and a half. David Onyemata, as you just referenced, has three and a half. Carl Granderson with three. And then looking at interceptions that have been forced. They have not. There are actually only three interceptions on the year. That is 30th. If you look at their forced fumbles number two, it is one of the worst in the league in terms of turnover law, uh, performance this year. 32nd ranked turnovers. Yeah. Uh, they only have fumble recoveries. They only have um, actually done decent in fumbles recovered. Two, four, six, eight. Yeah, they've actually done fairly well in that category. 16. But the turnover uh, a, interceptions have been bad. Two turnover, um, geez, two interceptions created by Tyron Matthew and only one by Demario Davis. So uh, passes defended leaders. Taylor has 10 passes defended. Some Saints people I read say he has the absolute worst hands in the NFL. So fits hmm. playing corner. Matthew has seven broken up, Paulson and Debo six, Demario Davis five. Obviously, your tackle leaders. I don't think we have to go too deep into the tackle leaders, but um, you know, uh, it's going to be Demario Davis, Pete Warner. Obviously, it hurts not having him. The Ohio State products, good player. Matthew, Caden Ellis, Marcus May. So they do have talent. They certainly yeah. have talent. You're looking at the starting front four of Onyemata, Jordan uh, Cameron, um, Shai Tuttle, and then uh, Marcus D Davenport. Pete Warner's out, so if they go base package stuff. You're probably going to see Andrew Dow step in there is what they have listed here. But Demario Davis, Caden Ellis are your two backers. Debo, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Alante Taylor, and Bradley Roby or Chris Harris will be your will be your guys. There. So it's a good defensive group. Um, like I said, the metrics have not been great for them. I'm trying to look at that real quick. Um, so on the year, their total defense EPA, um, not up to the standard they would want, right around middle of the league, 16th. The Browns are 21st for a cross comparison. Their pass defense EPA, um, 14th. The Browns are ninth for cross-comparison reference, so you have an idea. I would imagine the total rush EPA is going to be the big difference. Yeah. Um, even though the Browns are historically bad, the Browns are 32nd in EPA uh, rush defense. The Saints are not a tremendous amount better, though, at 24th, so I'm sure the Browns will try to uh, force their hand there a little bit. On the year uh, kicking-wise, Will Lutz, uh, we'll see how he handles outdoor in Cleveland. He is... 20 of 26 on the year he is four of seven from 40 to 49 he has struggled there and he is the only one of two ki three kickers total mcmanus will lutz Cade york are the only three kickers to miss multiple 30 to 39 kicks this year um he is nine of wow. 11 from 30 to 39 uh, and then he is three of four from 50 plus he has made all of his extra points so that will be a big part of this game the punter is blake gillikin and um, I don't have anything to add to him. He's had a five touchbacks. He's had 47.3 yards per punt. We'll see uh, how that shakes out because punting and kicking is a key that we will talk about in just a minute. Let's get to those three, uh, three keys just now. We're going to take our last break, and then we will jump into our three keys and send you guys on your way. We'll be right back. All right, three keys, Brad. Listen, man, my first key, it's like uh, – uh, it's what's the movie is it is it big daddy what's it what's his five-year plan don't die that, don't is that die. is that the, is that the right movie yeah this <laughs> one is like don't it's gonna be so cold man like it's it's just whoever survives right like whoever i think this is a game of will who wants to be out there 
because eventually you're going to take a couple hits and you're going to decide, I don't want to play today because it is that cold. It is a ridiculously no low over under number. As you heard earlier, it is the lowest over under 32 and a half that the league has put out since 2009. Browns are favored by three, the over under 32. You're not talking about a bunch of points. The Browns are kind of predicted at about 16 and a half. The Saints are predicted at about 14 and a half. The thing about this game is we're going to talk about after our pre and post game at the OBR, we're going to talk about in the post game who wanted to be there more. Both teams have something to play for outside shots of the playoffs, but it's again, who wants to be out there more? And that will, I think, rear itself pretty quickly, Brad. Yeah, I think uh, you'll see that uh, for sure in different aspects of the game. Probably, it's gonna. I definitely think that uh, you know, and I wrote this up a little bit uh, in the uh, uh, my uh, roundtable uh, at the OBR. But like, you know, there's gonna be a feeling out period here. I think with the cold, right? Like, they're gonna, both sides are gonna kind of have to, you know throw a couple body blows here first to figure out how things are going to work in this weather. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, to, to build off of what you're saying there with the cold, I'll go with my first key, which is, you know, I think the team that makes the fewest amount of mistakes here, Jake, wins the game. I, th- I mean, you just really, they're going to be conservative, I think, both sides, obviously, with the weather. Um, and that's kind of what I meant about the feeling out part because, you know, it, that depends on how conservative, right? Um, and what they feel comfortable calling. But, you know, you were just talking about their defense. I mean, their defense ha- has the the fewest takeaways, I believe. Or, or they, I know they have the worst turnover margin in the NFL, but I think they have the fewest takeaways too. But yeah. so they, I mean, they have not gotten the ball to bounce the right way. Neither have the Browns. So, I mean, the the least amount of mistakes, not turning it over, not the big mistake here. You got to stay away from it because that's going to sway this game. I mean, little one play, two plays, three plays may sway this game. Yeah, Saints are negative twelve in the turnover yeah. differential number. That's worse than the league, tied by. Uh, but the Colts are, the Colts and Saints are both negative twelve. The next closest are the Chiefs, amazingly, uh, at minus six, and Bucks at minus five. The Browns wow. are sitting at minus three on the year. And then again, you look at like takeaways total takeaways that's what you want to analyze um the saints have a total takeaway number of 10 so i don't know that fumble recovery number was not right i must have been looking at fumbles forced is probably what i was looking at um they have 10 total takeaways worst in the league this year so listen to your point i think the chiefs being here is the 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 third lowest uh, differential team it's explained to you that some offenses can overcome mistakes turnovers Right. Some franchise can right now. Neither of these teams can in great weather. And yep. you put the bad weather, you've put a lave out. You got a lot of different things here. You can see why the team that wins the turnover battle, mistake battle, you know, such as jumping into a punter and giving a team a first down, those yeah. kinds of mistakes will certainly matter in this one. My second point, Brad, is short passing game. I mean, the wind, we talked about it at the weather note at the beginning of this pod. It, it'll be deemed, it'll be interesting to see. Like they got to get out there and field out. If the wind is going, east west and it carries with you one direction or the other you could probably see some passing right if you're going into the wind you won't throw if you're going with the wind though you might be inclined to push the ball downfield a little bit when you have some opportunities now if it's a cross breeze the whole game and it might be if you're talking about gusts up to 47 you're probably talking about some swirling winds there may not be any throwing on either side right you heard in the gambling segment earlier that uh like the harrison bryant's over under number is five and a half chubbs seven and a half hunt is eight and a half the over under for both quarterbacks is like 147 for Watson and 138 for, uh, you know, uh, Dalton. So it's not 
it's not high. They're not expecting a ton of passing. But to me, if you're not throwing it deep, that probably impacts the Shahid types, right? So who's doing the best work in the shallow portions of the field, right? Amari Cooper, DPJ, and Joku, are you getting the Browns running backs involved in some way, shape, or form? The team who has the best short catch rate and yards created after those will be the winner of this one. Now, I think that leans, unfortunately, in favor of New Orleans because they have two really good linebackers, Demario Davis, one of the best ones out there, and they have you know, a tight end in Johnson who's playing really well, and they obviously have Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best receiving backs we've maybe seen in the last decade. So it does tilt that direction, but the wide receiver talent is not great for them um, you know, with Jarvis out and Alave out. So maybe there's a little counterbalance there with the Browns, but you, know, you hope that Watson and the Browns can create some short throws some good opportunities in the short game to, con- to keep some drives alive, right? I think that's what it'll come down to. I think when we look back and we say, hey, Watson threw for 160, well, okay, when we look back at how many throws were they in the 0 to 10 range and how successful were they, it'll probably be a good indication of which team won. I mean, again, you got Andy Dalton, who's used to this more than, Dal- than Deshaun Watson is. That's another element to bring in. Dalton played 10 years or more. I don't remember how many he spent with Cincinnati. He spent a, a good lot. amount of time. Yeah. in that cold weather so he's used to it watson not so used to it we'll see how this is this is going to be like the ultimate watson runs out of the tunnel why did i pick cleveland game for him because this is this <laughs> is going to be gnarly we'll see how he handles it but uh yeah to, i think th- how do you create short game opportunities rpos right stuff like that that uh that the browns can take advantage of uh, are hopefully what we see but it'll be a, a key for both sides Definitely agree there. It, it'll it'll play a huge part. Screen game stuff like that, right? Um, and uh, you know, it's gonna be important to build off of what you're saying real quick before I switch to my second key. It'll be important to stay out of those third and long situations, right? I mean, like how how 100%. bad is it gonna be if you're in? You know, uh, they were obvious. one for nine last week, Brad. They, yeah, they were five for twenty three in Watson's tenure on anything third and six and above. So yeah, good weather. That's brutal is not do, doing them any favors right now. I don't have the data on the Saints for that, but I do know that the Browns' focal issue has been third and anything six-plus has not been good enough. So, yeah, man, it's paramount. It's very paramount. Yeah. Um, my second key here, Jake, is going to be uh, Taysom Hill in the run game. So I think there you're going to see the most probably. I think I, the most snaps he's taken at quarterback all year is around, I think, 18. Maybe I saw that earlier this week, or it's in that ballpark, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think that you may see his season high at snaps at quarterback here. I think we'll see a lot of the wildcat from him. And and uh, him running, he's a tough dude to tackle, man. He he's is. a tough dude to he tackle. Is. He goes downhill quickly, um, and uh, he runs hard, lowers his shoulder. So he will will be i think he's a weapon in this game in this weather um that the brown could cause the brown some serious issues so uh yeah. i would yeah i think that's, that's a, a good call it's a it's a it's a certainly something they'll want to do looking at his lines he has had a the the most attempts he had in a single game was 10 against the raiders earlier this year he went 10 carries 61 yards two touchdowns but of late nine carries against the rams six carries against san francisco three against Tampa, seven against Atlanta. You will see, I think, 10 or more. Uh, I really think you'll see 10 or more of him in the backfield, and they'll try to get creative with him and have him throw it a little bit from back there as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Like He had two throws last week, for one of them for 80 yards and a touchdown. He had uh, one throw the week before. I mean, he's thrown 17 times this year, so 
Yeah. Uh, you think you're going to see a decent amount of Taysom Hill. That's a great call out. Um, the last one for me is kicking game. I mean, who punts it best? Who takes care of the punting game and kicking game? And which kicker kicks it best? I talked to you about the struggles from both guys, 30 to 39 this year. You know, Brad, you did a great write-up on the big game spotlight that includes um, pretty much a focus on Cade York. He had uh, Ashley Bastock from Cleveland.com had him in an interview recently where there's just some concerning quotes that came out of that. Uh, and Brad put them all together in big game spotlight for you guys to consume uh, today. It'll be, um, it'll be up at the OBR as you listen to this pod. Quotes like, I'm going through a learning curve, learning things I didn't necessarily think I was going to have to go through, but definitely going through it. It's the same as college. There's just a lot more on the line. You're on a contract. You have your livelihood at stake, and there's a lot more cutthroat because there's a lot of good guys out there that could take your job. So it's definitely tested that. It's tested my faith. It's tested everything. I feel like I'm doing a good job with it. I just have to make sure the performance is there. And really, the last one is, is scary to me, Brad, where he says it's really just about focus. There's been blocks, and there's been a few misses. And two of those misses weren't even good hits. I rarely miss it like that. So when it comes to that, that's not technique. That's what happens when you went out there. And he said, there's going out there and blanking out and not realizing what you're doing and not really staying locked in. And again, that's a problem I had my freshman year of college. It's annoying that I'm repeating that, but definitely have to learn from it. That to me smells like a guy who's letting everything surrounding him bother him. You know, and the quotes about being on a contract, a cutthroat business, this is worrisome. Again, he, he, he could very well figure it out. He could go five for five to, tomorrow and it's all gravy. But like those quotes, you know, this is what you get. When you take a fourth round kicker, he better be a mentally tough SOB because yep. there is this weight on you as a selected kicker. Look at Cameron Dicker, the, the, the UDFA from Texas, who's 17 of 17 for the Chargers this year. There's yep. just less weight on your shoulders and I think Cade saying these things and then talking about blanking out on technique the way he did his freshman year at LSU when he was probably also nervous at a new level, that's not what you want to hear. No one's giving up on him. He's going to get this year and a big portion of next year to see if he can get it right. But those are concerning quotes. And this is a game where you will need him to make a kick or two. If you can get deep into the, the, the field of the other team, you have to put up points in this game. There will be very little fourth down aggressiveness, in my opinion, because you need to kick points onto the board in a weird game, especially if you do get the wind in your favor at some portion of a quarter uh, at some time. So, like, I, I, we want you to succeed, Kay. Those quotes are very nervous, uh, nervous and, and, and inducing, I guess is the way to put it, Brad. I don't like reading that. No, it's incredibly concerning. Those quotes are, and, and you you hate to hear that. You know, I, I we all want him to succeed. We I you know, like you said, not giving up on him. I think that, you know, it's hard. Part of the reason he's feeling that pressure is because the NFL just doesn't have a very long leash for any of their kickers. Traditionally, they it's just you know you don't get many, that many chances, right? Uh, now the Browns, the good thing about him that he can kind of bank on is that. You know, they did spend a fourth round pick on him and we know how Barry treats his draft picks. So, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere and I think he'll certainly be the kicker starting next season. So he just needs to get it straightened out. It sounds like a guy that's just thinking way too much, right? Like that's all just like you're a convoluted mess of thoughts right there. It sounds like, you know, just just thinking way too much. Just get it, you know, keep it simple, get it together. And, you know, I, I'm not a coach or anything like that, but it just sounds like somebody that, kind of has the yips a little bit or, or it's just way too much in his head and i don't even uh, know he, if it's yips like i yeah i mean i guess the definition of yips yeah 
but the I mental just think he's, blanking. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's mentally unstable about things he should not be thinking about. Like, correct. Who cares where you were picked at the end of the day, man? You just got to make kicks. You'll yep. never get cut if you make kicks. And um, you're right. I mean, I guess yips is the way to say it. But like, yeah, just 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 focus on what you did at LSU, man. That got you picked here. Kick kick it with the consistent. You know, the consistent structure. It's not like you didn't kick on grass at LSU, you know? Yeah. It's like, this isn't new. This isn't new, brother. And we believe they believe in you. They're not cutting you tomorrow. No. They, they're giving you an opportunity here, but you can't can't shank it. <laughs> you can't shank kicks can't. and you can't push them can't. 30 yards wide right either. So, you know, you can stomach this stuff for a while, but I'm sure as you would agree with me, Brad, as we were earlier talking about, it's an all-in 23 and 24, and your kicker cannot be cannot be the problem it cannot cost you tight games as we've seen that happen twice this year if he makes that pat against the jets they're going to overtime at least and yep. if he makes the kick against the chargers they beat him so yep. they need they need him to be the dude they think he can and he's capable just just step in and you know like like uh block the mechanisms man just kick just just you and the ball yeah. right very talented you, guy talent's yeah. not the issue legs no. not the issue he'll get it figured no. out i think uh i hope so, so. what's your third key um, all right, uh, my third key is going to be pick your spots to take your shot. Uh, I think if they get the wind at their back, you know, you're going to have corners playing up. You're going to have guys sitting on shorter routes and things like that, like not expecting the deep ball. So pick your spots. If you get the wind at your back, you can catch somebody in the wrong coverage or play in the run and, and take a deep shot here or there. Uh, one of the If you hit on one of those plays, it'll change the game. It, it definitely could. Somebody slips and falls, right? Some of those weird plays, you need to go in the Browns' favor. So I'm with you. Uh, it'll, it, it could be something we look back, and it's two plays that swung the entire game. So yep. you need those plays to go in your favor. Before we sign out, Brad, any guesses on all-time Browns Saints uh, record here? I must be perfectly honest with you. I already know what it is. You SOB. The Browns are 13 and five all time. Very <laughs> successful against the Saints. Now, largely because they dominated the 60s, 70s, and uh, 80s when they were the Aints. Uh, actually, the 60s and 70s, they got them in 81. They went on a three game losing streak, 84, 87, and 90, which is a bit surprising. But the Browns came out of the. Uh, they they came out of the rebuild or the expansion and did well. They beat them in 0-2, uh, 99 and 2 I recall that, Brad. I can recall that. And if anybody's from Marion, Ohio, this might connect with two pod listeners. I was in a, a place in the Marion Mall now, basically shut down, called Rex, which is a TV establishment, appliances and all the above. And I remember vividly Tim Couch's Hail Mary to win that game in 1999, their first oh, win yeah. since they came back yep. uh, to win that game. Then they win in 0-2, 24-15. They lost in 0-6. I believe that was the season opener, 9-10 of 06. I believe it was. Uh, they, they, they lost at home, 19-14. Won two in a row. They won in 2010, won in 2014, and then they lost that. Talk about kicking blunders. Zane Gonzalez, right? They, mm. they threw that late touchdown to um, Tyrod Taylor to Antonio Callaway, which feels like a lifetime ago now, yep. to go 18-12 uh, to 18-18, missed the extra point. And then I think the Saints either won. Did they win it in overtime or did they go down the field and kick the game winner? I actually think they went downfield, so it wouldn't have maybe mattered, but uh, it was pretty gut-wrenching that how that happened. I think they ended up going down and kicking. They did. They did. Um, 21-18 regulation. Yep. 21-18 with very little time left on the clock. So... 
13 and five. These two have not run into each other very often. We'll see who goes either their 14th win in the series or their sixth. What do you think, Brad? What's your prediction? Uh, I actually have the Browns winning 20 to 17, a little bit higher scoring than, than some feel. Uh, I think that uh, both teams will get in the end zone in the second half. And uh, I actually have Kate York uh, hitting a couple field goals in this one. And that's the difference for me. I, I went 10 7. I, I went really low scoring. You know why you I went, went 10 7? I went in honor of the 10 7 Browns win over Houston. I believe that was a 10 7 yeah. final. Is that the game where Nick broke away and could have scored but stepped out or ste- fell down? I think he fell down to. Uh, to end the game and keep the score 10-7. I think it's going to be a miserable game. I think it's going to be miserable performances on both sides, and I think it's going to be some missed field goal opportunities, a fourth down stop deep in, in territory, and it's going to be low, low scoring. And as far as uh, the data tells us about these types of games that have been predicted in the low 30s, as far as over-under numbers, they typically go they go under. But again, some team could show up and uh, want to play more, hit some big plays, like you said, and it could be higher scoring. We will see a lot on the line still for both teams. The Jets lost last night. The Browns playoff hopes, however slim, are still very much alive. But the per the first priority, Brad, you got to win out. Got to take out. care of your business. Yeah, listen, man, you know, they got that five of seven things. You can go look at it. I retweeted it today on the timeline. You know, I know the 0 and 3 seem really hard, right? There's like three of them our teams have to go 0 and 3. But the first four, like four of those options are very much reasonable. So you just need to get one of those teams to go 0 and 3 down the stretch, I think, and you would have yep. a shot at it. So, uh it's not that unfathomable, but you do have to take care of your business first. Saints are thinking the same thing. Um, you know, it's an ugly division, uh, NFC South. Um, but uh you know, and I think the AFC North, outside of the Browns blowing that Atlanta game, is undefeated against the NFC South. Uh, but uh, we'll see if the Browns can handle business. But the Saints are only a game back, and they know that they can still find a way in. So a lot on the line for both teams. Listen, for Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland, for me, Jake Burns, OBR Film Breakdown. Remember, you guys are running out of days. There's like seven, eight days to go get your $100 at FanDuel. Use that promo code OBR. Take advantage of the free $100 bonus to get started. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Brad, here's a little nugget. You can bet on Browns Commanders in Ohio. Games on 1-1. You can place your first wager. Uh, so take advantage of that now because you can't get that sign-up bonus after the go-live date. So listen, I appreciate you, Brad. We appreciate you guys for stopping by. Make sure to check out the OBR content on the website where we have a reminder of the big game spotlight from Brad that is posted about Cade York with everything you need to digest what's going on with the Browns kicker, among many, many other things, including the roundtable with the entire staff's predictions. We will be on for pregame. We will be on for postgame. Check that out. That postgame will be in podcast form on my pod tomorrow. You can you can uh, get a piece of that. So again, Saturday, 1 o'clock kicks. Stay warm, be well, and have a great Christmas Eve until we catch up with you from the OBR. OBR. We appreciate you, and go Browns.